now, a closer look. A sleepy morning, we're out in the boondocks. Stories being told on the red Today's segment is titled, Real Stories of Santa Claus. Gifts I'm preparing for some Christmas sharing, but I pause because Hang in my stocking, I can hear knocking Is that you, Santa Claus? Shoe is dark out, ain't the slightest spark out on my clacking jaw Who's there? Who is it? Uh, stopping for a visit? Is that you, Santa Claus? Are you bringing a present for me? Something pleasantly pleasant for me Then it's just what I've been waiting for Would you mind slipping it under the door? Old winds are howling Oh, could that be growling? My legs feel like straws. Yeah, my, my, oh, me, my. Kindly will you reply? Is that you, Santa Claus? This time of year throughout America, there's that special talk between school kids, sometimes just above a whisper, whether or not Santa Claus really exists. And the consensus many times ends that the jolly old fella in the red suit isn't real. Until one of the children actually gives an eyewitness account of personally seeing Santa Claus at his or her home. Have you ever wondered where in the world did this legend of Santa Claus come from? I know I have. And as far as I know, the legend points back to about 1,700 years ago, in a part of Europe, which is now called Turkey, in a city close to the Mediterranean Sea, now called Demre, but back then was called Myra. In Myra lived a bishop named Nicholas, who dedicated his life to God helping the poor and all who were in need. To this day, he is known as St. Nicholas of Myra. For more than 750 years after his death, pilgrimages were made to the tomb of St. Nicholas in Myra, 
and his message of giving and gifting spread across Europe and throughout the Christian world. Now you may ask, how did all this turn into Santa Claus? It is believed that the Dutch brought this Christmas-time gift-giving tradition with them to New Amsterdam, the Dutch settlement at the southern tip of Manhattan Island, which was later renamed New York City. And on December 6, 1810, the New York Historical Society held its first St. Nicholas anniversary dinner, where artist Alexander Anderson was commissioned to create the first American image of Nicholas for the occasion. Nicholas was shown in a gift-giving role with children's treats and stockings hung on a fireplace. Then, in 1821, the first lithograph book was published in America called The Children's Friend, which made reference to this Santa Claus and how he had arrived from the north in a sleigh with flying reindeer. Also within this book was an anonymous poem with lively illustrations creating a shift away from the saintly bishop Nicholas to the Santa Claus the one who rewarded good behavior. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Why? Santa Claus is coming to town, gather round. He's making a list, checking it twice, he's going to find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. With little tin horns, little toy drums, rooty toot toots and rum-a-dum-tums, Santa Claus is coming to town. Just a couple years later, On December 23, 1823, another anonymous poem appeared, this time in the upstate New York semi-weekly Troy Sentinel. It was its first of many times to be published, and its opening line went like this. "'Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. And the rest, as we say, is history. I've rounded up some folks throughout America that have either seen or have had some first-hand dealings with the jolly old fella in the red suit. Let's take a listen to what they have to say. On the phone, I have a person from Meriden, Connecticut. Her name is Diane. And she is one of the eldest siblings in a large family that clearly remembers real stories of Santa Claus. How are you today? How is things in Connecticut? I'm doing great, and things are well here. Getting ready for the holidays. 
You have some real stories of Santa Claus. Can you share with me what was it like and why do you think they're so real? I do have many recollections of Christmas Eve and Santa. It was such a magical time of year because Santa actually came to our house every Christmas Eve. And what was that like? Can you set that up for us? I have to start with the anticipation. Because he came every year, we knew he was coming. My mom actually had a routine. You know, it's funny how, you know, you fight with your mom a lot over going to bed and things like that. And I have to say, when she said it was bedtime on Christmas Eve, we went to bed gladly uh, because (laughs) we knew in a couple hours we were going to wake up and be watching out for Santa. I remember we would put out cookies and milk. We made sure that the stockings were securely hung. By the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas (laughs) soon would be there. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. So you'd be asleep and then your mother would come and wake you up and say, hey, I think I see somebody or how did that work? She would wake us up around midnight. So we would all run to the window. We would just stare out that window watching the snowfall because usually, and we would watch for any hint that we could see Santa or hear his bell coming down the hill. The first one of us that would see him would yell out. And then we would all just kind of run around and try to find a spot as he got closer to our house because he could not see us. That was part of the deal. Good kids are in bed sleeping and we were supposed to be in good kids. So, And then we would hear him. We would hear a pounding with each step as he came up. We would hear the ho, ho, ho. We would hear the bell ringing. And as it got closer and closer, we could tell where he was in the kitchen. And then we would see him like magically appear in our living room. What would we see then? Then we would see Santa. (laughs) And it was just like such a rush of excitement to see him there. He would kind of look around to make sure nobody was up. And then he would go to work and he'd put presents under the tree and fill the stockings. He had to make trips back down to the basement because there were seven of us in the later years. So there were a lot of presents and he would bring them up and fill up underneath the tree. When he was done, he would take a bite of a cookie, a sip of milk. Then he would very slowly turn in our direction. And as he was doing that, it's like he was giving the room one last look over. And then he would stop where we were hiding. And he would put his finger aside his nose and just stop and stay in that position for a couple of seconds. And it was just like the book the night before Christmas had just all come to life before us. It was special. And like I said, magical. Did this impression linger? Absolutely. It's funny you should ask that because I still, every Christmas, I still get filled with this magical feeling. And I know it's because of that experience. And those memories They'll always be with me, and it'll always be that magical feeling around Christmas time. Can you think of anything that contributes to what made it so magical? Yeah. My dad was dressed in a Santa suit that you would see in the books, cartoons, and shows, and movies. He had the full ensemble, the Santa suit with the big white cuffs, the black boots, the Santa hat, the black bell, white mustache, beard, and even the white gloves. I mean, it was to the T. And then (laughs) the performance he gave, honestly, it was unbelievable. 
my dad really should get an award for being the best Santa ever because it was a Broadway performance. It really left no doubt that you were looking at Santa, the real Santa Claus, the one and only Santa Claus. (laughs) Is there anyone in your family that followed in your Santa's footsteps? Yes, actually, my younger brother He has dressed up for Santa for his children, and he actually came to my house one year, and he was staying with me, and he brought his suit with him, and I got to relive that wonderful experience all over again and with his wife and their children, and it was just a memory I'll always cherish. I have a bunch of stairs going up to my front door. And so I know we're not supposed to be seen or heard, but I was so worried about Santa falling down my stairs that I rushed to the door after he had left my house and he was halfway down. And I opened up the door and I said, be careful, Santa. (laughs) That's against the rules, no? It was funny. (laughs) You have any um, closing thoughts on Santa and Christmas for our listeners? One of my favorite Santa songs are songs that include Santa is Here Comes Santa Claus, not surprisingly. I just love the verses where it says that we are all God's children, and that makes everything right. Peace on earth will come to all if we just follow the light. Those are special. Amen. Diane, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking time to share your real stories of Santa with our listeners. And we wish you and yours... A very Merry Christmas. Thank you, Dan, and thank you for asking me to be on your radio show. I appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Santa knows that we're God's children, and that makes everything right. Fill your hearts with the Christmas cheer, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Tonight, Santa Claus comes tonight. Stand by. Speaking about following in Santa's footsteps... On the phone, I've got a nearly 20-year veteran Santa in Savannah, Georgia. Tony, are you on the line? Hey, Dan. Yes, I am. How are you today? Pretty good. What's Santa doing today, a couple weeks before Christmas? Well, he's probably going to do some more shopping and get the suit prepared and make sure that the sleigh's ready. Is this a solo act, or do you get help? I've got a big help. My wife, she does a lot of the background stuff. She does a lot of the presents with me, and she does a lot of the preparation. She makes my bag. She helps with my suit. Sounds like you've got a great partner there. I do. Your older sister told us what it was like as kids to be visited by Santa every year. Can you remember the first time that you saw the jolly old man in the red suit? Yeah, I just remember the excitement of being woken up and going to the door and hearing the bell and then seeing him come out of the darkness coming down the hill and then rushing back because we knew we couldn't be seen by Santa and then hiding and just peeking out and watching him work. No other kids got that that I knew of, that Santa actually came in their house and they got to watch him. And when he'd come up the stairs, he sounded like a tired person, but boom, he would hit those stairs so hard it would shake the house. That was so intense. It was so exciting to know he's here and then to see him emerge out of our kitchen into the living room where the tree was. And he just, he played it well. He was a good Santa. I'll tell you that. What made you want to follow in the Santa footsteps? I just look forward to possibly doing that one day because of the excitement and the joy that it brought to all of us in the family, no matter what our ages were, 
And the first time I did it, my wife took care of all the stuff. Everything was kind of choreographed. I took it very serious because I didn't want to blow my cover. In your nearly two decades of fulfilling the role of Santa, do you have any kind of stories about coming close? Funny you ask that, I do. I was, uh, I mean, Santa was performing in Connecticut. The family was at my sister Diane's, and everyone, of course, was in bed. It was late, and Santa had come up. He had come in the house. The kids were all hidden, I guess, because he didn't see them. And he went to work. He put all the presents under the tree. He left the house, and he went down the hill, and it was a pretty steep hill. And he got all the way down the hill and got to the road and realized that he forgot his bag. <laughs> no way. And Santa can't forget his bag. So he had to go all the way back up to the house. And by now, of course, once Santa leaves, everyone is allowed to go and check out the presents and stuff. Well, they didn't know. Here comes Santa <laughs> back into the house. And as I'm coming up to the door, I could see in there and I could see people moving around. And my wife spots me, or Santa, sorry, and says, oh, my goodness, Santa is back. Everyone hide. And so she yells this, and everyone just scatters so Santa could come back in and get his bag. <laughs> so um, it was pretty crazy. What's your most fun or funniest story? Well, I think my kids recall this one even better than I do because they talk about it all the time. We were living in North Carolina, and Santa came in. He had a brand-new bag because <laughs> Mrs. Claus just made him this really beautiful bag, really sturdy, nice. He was finishing up, and he turned with a jerk. He went to sling his bag over his shoulder, and the bag actually, it was bigger than he thought, and it hooked on the ceiling fan. So if you can imagine, the ceiling fan wasn't on, thank goodness. But Santa is now trying to get the bag off of the fan. And he's struggling with it. And the kids, he can hear the kids are laughing because they can see him out of the corner. They're hiding, but they're in hysterics. And, of course, Santa, he's trying not to blow his cover. And he cannot get that bag off. And eventually he did get the bag off. I don't even remember how, but he got it off. And was able to uh, to leave in peace. <laughs> oh, man. Have you come across any adults that acted like children whenever they see Santa? Oh, yeah. Santa was coming down the hill. It's probably 1 o'clock in the morning. And he comes in the middle of the night, one, because everyone's sleeping, and two, because, you know, there's not a lot of people out. He's coming down the center of the street with his bag in hand, ringing a bell, and all of a sudden... A woman comes out of her house, and she comes running across her lawn in her pajamas, and she's screaming, Santa Claus, it's Santa. And so she starts taking pictures. Santa was just hoping that no one would blow his cover. The next day, I actually spoke with her, and she was so excited. She said she was in tears because she had never actually seen Santa before. So it's very, very special for her. So you've been doing this nearly 20 years. How long do you think this Santa Claus career will last for you? I actually think this year is probably going to be the last year. And why is um, that? Well, my daughter's getting ready to turn 13. She's my youngest. And she just let us know, actually, that she's on to me. She doesn't think that we should do it anymore. You know, we'll see. This year, my sister's going to be visiting 
her daughter, her three-year-old daughter, Rose, is going to be here. And so I will perform for her, and I really hope she enjoys it. But you never know. I'm, I could still do it next year, so we'll see how the kids feel next year. You have any advice for any aspiring Santas out there? My advice is to plan it out ahead of time, have a good route that you're going to go. For me, I would go out my window, actually. And matter of fact, the kids just asked me the other day, how did you do it? How did you get in and out of the house? And I told them, I went out the window. And then the other thing I would say is probably to double check yourself in a mirror, make sure that everything's covered up. And I would wear glasses to kind of give it the Santa look, but it also made my vision a little blurry. But that was good because then the kids couldn't look in my eyes. Tony, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking time to speak with us and sharing these stories with our listeners. And we wish you and yours and little Rose a very Merry Christmas. Well, thank you, Dan. It was a pleasure. And thank you as well. Got no sleigh with reindeer. No sack on my back. You want to see me coming? In a big black Cadillac. On the phone, we have the eldest child coming from a house where his dad was a real Santa Claus. Phil from Florida. Are you on the phone? Yes, I am, Ben. Good to hear your voice. Do you ever get any snow in Florida? We had snow once in 1973. (laughs) Okay, so it's a tough place for a Santa to exist. I understand that your dad was a Santa Claus to your family and other families. I was never really aware that my dad was doing this Santa thing for a number of years. I didn't discover that in my late teens, early 20s. After he had done this for a few years, I think I was nine, maybe 10 years old. And I was not believing in Santa Claus at that point. But my younger brother and sister still believed. And I would argue with them, oh, no, he's not real. But after he had gone and visited all the families one Christmas, I think it was the ninth Christmas, he finally comes back to the apartment where we were living at the time and comes up the stairs. And this is told to me because I was asleep and my mother couldn't wake me up. But my younger brother and sister were awake and peeking around the corner and they watched Santa Claus come into the apartment, put presents under the tree, and then he left. The next day, that's all I heard was Santa was here, Santa was here. And I was upset because I didn't believe in it. And now he actually showed up and, <laughs> and my younger brother and sister got to see him and I didn't. And I don't know whether I was mad because they got to see him and I didn't or I didn't believe them. But we always had a good laugh about that later on. The stories that came from my mom and dad about that was where he had gone out in the snow and in the dark of night, walking across the lawn, and the parents had primed them to be on the lookout. And so he walked across the lawn, and it was visible through the window. And they left the back door open, and he came in through the basement and found his way up the stairs. And the kids were all peeking around the corner as he came up and set presents under the tree and took cookies and that sort of thing. And the kids were all in shock. 
And uh, <laughs> after he had left, the oldest girl, I think she was about 10 at the time, Sharon, she had been telling her siblings, their younger siblings, that there's no such thing as Santa Claus. He was doing this, I believe, I believe, that's always been a fun story, that he had that impact on them. He had done this at his office. They had the office party, and here comes Santa Claus to hand the presents out to the kids and ask them what they want for Christmas. And that was my first time I thought, this man looks like my father, but I'm not so sure. <laughs> Maybe it was the eyeglasses that gave it away. I don't know. You know, obviously in the outfit, that was Santa Claus to me. So that was, I think, the first time that I was maybe six or seven years old. I remember that. And that happened a couple of times, but I never caught it. I never knew it was him. Never even thought for a moment, because then all of a sudden, after Santa Claus was gone, my dad would appear, and uh, I just didn't put the two and two together that they weren't in the room at the same time. So that was kind of funny. But he had a good heart in him and enjoyed doing this for people. No, he, he did a lot of good things for people, but this is one of those things he really enjoyed doing. And I guess it stuck with my younger brother, Paul, because he took that that habit. I've tried to do that a few times, but I don't think I have the physical stature to carry the image. And certainly where I live in Florida, walking around in Santa's outfit in the warmth of winter, this doesn't work out too well. <laughs> Phil, I thank you so kindly from the bottom of my heart for sharing your stories with us and our listeners. And we wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas. Thank you, Dan. Same to you. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. Let's travel farther up north to New England, where both cold weather and Christmas are greeted with plenty of passion. On the phone, I have a nearly 20-year veteran Santa Claus from Boston, Massachusetts. Paul, are you on the line? I'm right here, Dan. How's things in Boston? It's getting chilly. There's no snow yet, but it's getting right there, right around the corner. You've got some first-hand experience, both seeing and performing as Santa Claus. When did you first see the jolly good fellow in the red suit? I was probably about five years old, and at the time, my dad did it. I remember my mom trying to wake up my brother. We had the same bedroom. I looked over, and she's trying to wake him up. She goes, Santa Claus is here. Don't let him see you. And I was like, okay. So I hid behind the door, and I'm watching through the crack of the door. And he's coming in. He has the whole suit and stuff, seeing the ho-ho-hos. So I'm bringing out the presents, shuffling them around and stuff. And that was probably like maybe three minutes. Okay. And then he walks over. Instead of having milk and cookies, we're Italian, so we had pizza. <laughs> so we had a couple slices of pizza. So I saw him eat one of the slices, and then he's off, and he went out the front door. We were in the apartment back then, so we didn't have a chimney. And, you know, the kids, hey, I don't care as long as they're in the house. And then my mom comes in the room. She goes, okay, I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> go back to sleep, Mom. It's, it's, <laughs> Santa Claus is here. I can't sleep. <laughs> so uh, eventually I did go back to sleep. And then when I got up in the morning, of course, it was probably about 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was telling all of my siblings, yeah, I saw Santa Claus. I saw Santa Claus. So that was the beginning of believing into Santa Claus. That was really good. What other stories do you remember from your dad? He used to do the Boys and Girls Club and be Santa Claus there. And he was telling me, you know, some of the kids are a little tough back then. And there was one older kid, he's probably about, you know, 10 years old. Hey, you're not Santa Claus. 
And so my dad told me a trick. Well, that's a fake beard. He goes, if it's fake, I want you to yank it off my face. So what he did was he bit down on the beard, and when he yanked on it, his whole head went forward. Like he was ready to rip it off, but he was biting on it. And he said the kid's eyes popped out. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, it is Santa Claus. Those are little tricks he told me about. Once I took over the, uh, the business as uh, Santa Claus. When did you start donning the red Santa suit? I think it might have been around 86, 87. Only because my friends and family married, have a couple of kids. So the first year I did it, I rented the suit. Then the next year I rented the suit again. And it's like, geez, this has cost me a little arm and a leg. <laughs> so the third year, I actually bought the suit. And I've been doing it up until once my kids became about 10 years old. The best year I had was when I first met my wife. And, you know, I was told her, hey, I do Santa Claus and da-da-da. And she had a lot of younger nieces and nephews. And they would always have a party over their uncles for Christmas Eve. That year, I probably traveled, say, about 150 miles. I think I've done that night probably eight or nine stops. Then, of course, you know, if I'm traveling west of Boston, i got to go through a couple of tolls. So the first toll I went through, they go, hey, Santa Claus, go ahead, you're Santa Claus. I said, hey, thanks. So the next toll I went through, the guy goes, yeah, buck 50. I said, yeah, I'm Santa Claus. I don't care. Give me the buck 50. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, okay, I guess it doesn't work to everyone. So then when I did my wife's uncle's house, they have a little gathering for Christmas Eve. There was probably about eight or nine kids, and I'm used to one or two calm little kids. I ring the doorbell. My wife goes, hey, Santa Claus is here. And all I heard was a rumbling of kids coming down the stairs. And I tell you, my heart was pounding. I was like peeing in my pants. I was really nervous. All of them surrounded me, you know. So that was the first test I had of keeping it cool of kids coming at me, eight, nine kids at one time. And they're all jumping up and down. Their eyes are bugged out. It was good. It's all about the kids, right? It's about the excitement that you bring to the kids. Oh, yeah. That's what I get out of it. That I think my dad got out of it. And I think anybody would get out, you know, having the kids so excited. When I was first time saw Santa Claus, my feet were up and down, jumping up and down. Like, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> and so I just passed that same excitement to the kids. Actually, this year, I stopped for a while, and I'm picking it up again. My wife's niece, who I did Santa Claus for, now has a couple of kids of herself. i got to bring out the suit, shake off the dust, and get the sleigh ready. Do you have any advice for any aspiring Santa Clauses out there who may be listening to this? What you got to do is you got to get into character. My experience is when I have the nine kids come running down the stairs, I just went to Santa Claus mode and did my ho-ho-hos and relaxed and just watched the kids' eyes pop out with excitement. Also, if you're doing it for family, close family members, you got to have a good disguise. Quick little funny note here. When I first started doing it, I didn't have a lot of makeup stuff, and I really don't use a lot of makeup, except for when I was putting on the hat, and you can see my eyebrows, even though there's hair and stuff, and they're dark brown. And I got white hair. Well, wait a minute now. They look at me and go, oh, wait a minute. Hey, Santa Claus, what's the matter with your hair? So I was in the apartment, and uh, I'm looking around. What can I use? I recommend not to use it, but I use some whiteout when you make a mistake in the paper. Ooh. And I put the whiteout on my eyebrows. It took me about three days to get that stuff off. 
<laughs> so I would recommend not using white out. Use a regular, some kind of... Clown's uh, white uh, makeup. Cl- yes, yes. <laughs> Paul, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I wish you and yours and all the kids that you perform for this year a very, very Merry Christmas. Well, thank you very much, Danny. It's been a pleasure. And remember, you know, look up in the skies. Looks like a star flying by. It might be Santa Claus. I stand out of my window and I look into the night. And then all of a sudden, through my window I could see. Santa Claus was flying by and smiling at me. Whether you now believe in Santa Claus or not depends on your age and if you happen to be one of those magical performing people who loves to see children's eyes light up like a Christmas tree. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about, since I have personally been known to don that jolly red suit a time or two, and there are thousands of others too. So, if you're interested in knowing more about this special calling, you can find an extensive list of various Santa clubs, associations, regional and international groups and networks where professional and volunteer Santas, Mrs. Claus and friends, network, share ideas, and discuss their activities at www.school4santas.com. Tiny little tots. With their eyes all aglow We'll find it hard to sleep tonight They know that Santa is on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly So I'm offering this simple phrase To kids from one to ninety-two Though it's been said many times, many ways Merry Christmas to My hope is that this segment today warms each of your hearts and reminds us all of the true meaning of Christmas. To want to do something magical for someone you may know who needs a little extra compassion. After all, this is the gift-giving season. On behalf of the folks here at Radio Lara, We wish you and yours a very merry and blessed Christmas. (laughs) 